Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and we are once again tackling questions about heaven from the Scripture and taking a look at them and seeing how we can find God's teaching about what happens when we leave this life. And so we're going into the Scripture. I hope you have your notes out. We're going to be heading into this session into some of the most viewed TikTok videos that I've had. And when I say that, that is some of the questions that have been answered that have received some of the greatest responses from uh, our ministry. I'm with Zulon International Bible Institute, and we have students around the world, Tanzania, Uganda, even here in the United States, and uh, I'll be teaching them throughout the course of the year different things about heaven as well. And they'll come back and give me reports on what the response has been, and I hope also that as we get into the scripture here, that you, as a podcast student, you might be able to find some answers to some things that maybe have long been intriguing or even bothering you. All right, let's start off with this. As we talk about some of the most, oh, I guess you would say the most responded to videos that I've had on TikTok in my uh, questions about heaven, and one of them is talking about the 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It's a very intriguing teaser about heaven, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it here and bring it to you, and it says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor either has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Now, in an earlier podcast, I gave you the illustration about this. You can take, you know, down here in, in East Tennessee, uh, we have Nayland Stadium over here down in Knoxville, and it will hold, oh, in excess of 102,000 people. Now, let's take 102,000 of the most brilliant Christian minds and put them all in there and give them each uh, a, a pad of paper and pencil. And what you're going to tell them on this legal pad is to write down in your greatest imagination what you think the perfect heaven would be like, the most God-blessed heaven, the most entertaining heaven, the most active heaven, the, the most fun heaven. Let your imagination go wild. Just enjoy yourself and write as much as you can, and in a half an hour, we're going to collect the papers. Well, 102,000-plus people are writing down their greatest uh, thoughts about the food, the atmosphere, the aroma, the friendships, uh, the learning, and all these different things, and the architecture, uh, the beaches, the mountains, the animals, and all these kind of things. Put it all together, and maybe in this, you were one of them. We take all of the answers, take all of those pads and collect them. We go down to the middle of the stadium in a field. We get this supercomputer. We feed all of this information into a supercomputer, which will then coordinate it and then spit out on a giant jumbotron screen the perfect heaven as by the best imaginations of the collective 102,000 people. And then when that answer comes out, God looks at it and says, oh, you're not even close. You have no idea. That's pretty much what 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 says. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Nobody's even been able to reach the discussion level of the beauty and the excitement and all of heaven. You know, what would it 
be like, you know, on this. We're not even close, God says. And so this gives you an idea. He has something prepared for those who love him. Now, I can imagine this. Now, you go to verse 10, it says, not what the Spirit does drop us hints and does reveal here and there. And you can see throughout the day. I want you to think about your favorite Christmas, your favorite Thanksgiving gathering, if you're here in America, uh, your favorite Independence Day or your favorite barbecue, uh, family reunion, birthday, New Year's celebration. Take the top 20 in your life, in which it was absolutely uh, stunning, so much fun, what a great memory maker. Take them all, wrap them together as if it was one time period, and then multiply that times at least 10 million, and you're going to begin to get the idea of what it's going to be like, the excitement of heaven, the friendships of heaven, the never-ending love of heaven, uh, the knowledge that we'll receive from the, the face-to-face uh, knowledge teaching from God the Father, the relationship with Jesus Christ, the joy, the carols that will be sung, uh, the Christmas-like atmosphere, uh, the festivities, the artwork, the creativity, the architecture. You get an idea. Now, here on earth, we get it here and there, a little bit here and there. But I think that that might be something that has really stimulated a lot of people in understanding the joy of what we have here in the scriptures. I'll remind you about Romans chapter 8, verses 18 and 19, which say, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time cannot compare to the glory which shall be revealed in us. And you know something? That's going to be worth it. I cannot even try to compare any sufferings with the eternal weight of glory that would have. And remember this, the Bible is saying, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 5, I'm making all things new. And that word, I'll remind you, is kainos, which means it's never been invented before, it's never been used before, it's never even been imagined before. I'm making all things new. And so when we get to heaven, our bodies will be new. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 says, we shall see Jesus as he is and we'll be like him. So obviously, our bodies are going to be new because we're certainly nowhere near what the risen Christ's body would be like here on earth. That'll be new. And thinking of new, we'll go over to Revelation chapter 22 and verse 3. There's no more curse. There's no more limitation there. We are being able to uh, do things and, and, and move about and commune with people and be excited and sing and run and even dance and never get tired. I make all things new. What a thought there. And you can imagine how this elicited so much of a response from people around the world and wanting to know, are you serious? Listen, this is the joy of scripture in being able to get these answers. I'll tell you something else. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 18, it says, violence will not be heard again in your land. In this prophecy about the new heaven and the new earth that we read about in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1, the prophecy from way back in Isaiah says, you know, violence is gone. Now you're saying, of course I know that, but I want you to think about that. Just as much as earlier, I had reminded you to just sit and think about a land where no one will ever die. That's Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4 where no one will ever get hurt. That's also Revelation 21.4. 
There's no more death. There's no more pain. No one is involved in stressful situations. There's no stress. There's no depression. There's no mourning, as in M-O-U-R-N. There's no mourning. These are all listed just in one verse, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4. This is a land of magnificent reality that these things are going to happen. No more violence, no more destruction, that verse says, Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 18. In all of this, we're seeing one thing. It's true. When the Lord says in Isaiah 65 verses 18 and 19, I made this this new Jerusalem, as a delight for my people. I made it for a delight. Can you imagine that? Think about when you received a present for Christmas or for your birthday, and somebody who gave it to you was not only watching your delight, but they were delighted in your delight. Well, that's what God's saying here. He is rewarding you, Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12. He's rewarding you on what you have done faithfully here. And he delights in that, and he will remember even the small things that you have done. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10 tells you he's not unjust, and he will not forget your labors of love. So even those small things, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 42 even tells you that these things down to giving a cup of cold water in the name of the Lord to one of the disciples, to somebody else to encourage and everything, will not be forgotten. Can you imagine that? Now, when you come to Jesus Christ and you get saved, some people call it, you become a Christian, and you have entered into the God's family in his favor, in obedience, because we, we know this, you know, Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, there's no other name among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. We know that Jesus is the only way. That's in John chapter 14. But what a way. I mean, it's not bigoted. It's not narrow-minded. It's this. It is the doorway to a place where there is no more bias. There is no more prejudice. There is no racial divide. Revelation chapter 6, chapter 7, I'm sorry. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9 says, The untold multitudes are together celebrating from all tribes and nations, races, ethnic backgrounds, cultures, they're all together celebrating. Can you imagine that? From all these times, and they're together in one great holiday that has no cessation. And we just started talking about what God has planned for us in heaven. Now, Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. This is not a concept. This is not a a, a disembodied existence. Heaven is a place. And Jesus says, I'm going to go prepare it. And when it's ready, this place, I'm going to come and get you, take you to be with me where I am, you may also be. So this is a place for Jesus. It's a place for us. My father's house that has many rooms. And one of those rooms is reserved for you, believers, reserved for you in heaven. That's there. And so it's a powerful truth that we see that Jesus has a specific place. We say this in our prayer, a model prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, God the Father's there. Our Father. You see, we don't say our potentate. We don't say our dictator. We say this, and this is very unique into the Christian faith. He's our Father. We're his children. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. 
He's brought us into his family. And, it, it, and, and all this feasting, he, he's taking us home. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. We are going to be at home with the Lord. And so when people start asking me, what is the thing that excites me the most about getting to heaven? Is I'm going to be at home with my Father, my Heavenly Father. I'm going to be at home. Okay, will there be eating? Yeah, and I do love the eating, okay? But that's so very secondary to the fact that I'm going to be at home with Jesus, with God the Father, in joy. Well, aren't there streets of gold? Of course there are. You know, it names it very clearly. There's a, aren't there animals and aren't there beautiful forests? Yes, we read about those also in the final chapters of the Bible as well. But those are so secondary to the fact is we're going home. We will be home. We're not going to a house. We're going home. We're not going to be in an existence. We're going to be with family. And Luke chapter 6 and verse uh, 31 says, we will laugh, we will rejoice, we are going to have identities in heaven, we will not be disembodied spirits, great excitement, and the creativity that you have here on earth, the talents that you were given, will be unhindered in heaven to be able to, as it says in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 4, his servants shall serve him. They shall serve him. And what does that mean? That's the same word for worship. Latruo. And what it means is by the talents that you have been given on earth as you have been faithful to them, you get to use them in heaven. You get to, unhindered by sin or by frustration or by sickness or by fatigue, you have those and you're able to celebrate with him. What's it going to be like when Jesus turns around Luke chapter 12 and says, you sit down, I'll serve you. That's one of the other stunning things we can see about the truth of heaven. And this is a place that's a reality. It's a reality and when we step here. So some people say, well, you step from life into death. No, the Christian says, I go from life unto life. As a matter of fact, you could even call this, if you're a sports fanatic, this, this, this 70, 80, 90 years here on earth, that's preseason. Real season begins when we step into that, across that threshold and onto the wonderful new existence known as heaven. Hey, this is Brad Zockwell. I see my time is up. We'll have some more talks later on. Thank you so much for joining me here. And I hope that we can talk very soon. Thank you so much. God bless. And Lord willing, we'll be able to talk in our next podcast, some more questions about heaven. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.